I always love sharing about this. I love spreading the information that I was given, the consciousness mm -hmm. that I have and the wisdom so that people can hopefully learn something from that too and uh, enrich the world, you know, give more yeah. and enrich the world with something truthful and something positive. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. The best thing is to make a decision and to feel good and to be happy, and then that's exactly what's going to happen because we're all creators. So I better decide and set the intention what I want to feel like. And then I feel that way most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. I love that. Well, welcome to the decision table. And we are live, as you know. So I love that as a sort of a, a flavor of a starter. We are just having conversations here. I just chose that I wanted to be able to have a, a new conversation every day with somebody new in my world or even just reconnect with someone that I maybe haven't caught up with in a while, but using different lenses. And so this month, the lens at the decision table is all around humanity as stakeholders. And for me, humanity as stakeholders has so many different layers, but, you know, one of the things is what if we listen more and actually learn what humans or humanity needs at the table so we then maybe innovate solutions that is actually what is needed. And that's just one little simple thing. For you, when I say humanity as stakeholders, what does that bring up for you? Well, for me, humanity as stakeholders, I would say says to me we're all responsible. We're all, in, mm. as a humanity, we are the stakeholders of our planet. We are responsible mm. for how we create this planet, how we create life, what we do with life, if we mm. see life as sacred or not. Whatever we choose to do, and not only in our life, because as human beings, we have our, we see our life separate mm. from life itself, which is, of course, mm. the same thing, right? But as a stakeholder, we all have a responsibility and then we all reap what we put out there. We are the gardeners and whatever we plant is exactly what comes back to us. And that's, for me, that starts with people's thinking and then their feelings and then their actions. And that is the, that's at stake right now. And I think we're in a, yeah. in history and you know that the point in history we're at is just a really, really crucial point where we all have to realize that we are creating this world together. And the question is, what do we want to create? Hmm. Being a stakeholder is like, how responsible do I want to feel not only for my life, but for everybody else's life? What energy do I want to put out in the world? Hmm. So you said so many good points are actually out of what you just said then and one of them was i i'm curious around you said we're separate like we often don't think you know as a inclusive thing it's a separate thing what were you talking about in that way what were you meaning people always see themselves separate from life they're like this is my life and this is my decision and that only affects me 
But mm. one field of energy, right? Mm. Every native uh, tribe that is still on this planet knows that very well. We can tap into everything because there's only one of us here. It's one field of energy. So whatever I think in my life, even when mm. there is anger or there is sadness, well, it's an energy that goes out all the way in the universe and everybody feels it. So we're never separate we think we are separate from nature we think we are but we are nature we are life and this is what makes people sometimes feel so irresponsible because they feel separate and if they would mm. see every thought every feeling every decision affects everybody because it affects the field of energy that we all live in then they would be more responsible as stakeholders. We all would be more responsible, right? Mm. How do we narrow that gap from where obviously, I, and I agree, where you think humanity is at right now and what is happening and then taking responsibility and all those things that you just said then, like how do we narrow that gap from where we are now to actually shift it closer together? That's a great question. I think there's a collective awakening that's happening right now, and that is narrowing the gap, meaning people wake up in masses, and they're all waking up mm. to the fact that whatever has been working hasn't been working so well, and it won't mm. be working that way. You know, we're like a humanity racing towards abyss, and everybody says, well, we're going to stop at one point. But the stopping at one point is like we have to make a different choice. And that different choice starts with, who am I? Am I responsible? How would I like to create? Am I coming from love? It's an inquiry of who we are. And for me, a lot of people don't do the self-inquiry because they numb themselves, because they don't want to feel the pain. But those they don't numb themselves and that are present to what's happening, I think those are the ones that are watching the right movies, you know, like... They go and read the right books. They connect with communities. They go back to the roots. They ask their elders. They really feel more connected into the community of this humanity that we are. When you say humanity as mm. stakeholders, we're a community of people. Yeah. You know, and that's the first thing to realize. We're here as community. Whatever we do affects everybody. And yeah. me, it starts with waking people up with what would you like to see in this world and why do you think it's not happening and what do you think is your, mm -hmm. responsible, your responsibility? And then also working with children, you know, because they are the yeah. future and yeah. really realizing something doesn't work. And that's the first realization, right? It mm -hmm. doesn't work the way it works. So yeah. what's coming next? Hmm. You say an interesting piece around community and I think, you know, community for me, I saw a lot of, and in my work, I saw a lot of isolation bringing real destruction way before a pandemic was hitting the world, by the way. But, and now it's just kind of increased in that way because we've actually been, you know, we've had limitations on us that has created these sort of silos of isolation. And so it's actually just made the result of that so much more destructive in a lot of ways but 
When I was finding this out and, and gaining insights around it and, and out of those insights really became this one as humanity as stakeholders is one of it. But then it was, I believe there's a secret advantage and that's called the muscle of human intelligence that the data that we have within us and what we're doing with that and what we choose to do with that, we have a lot of power within what that is. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is the, the need for this new approach to leadership. And it was kind of like, but to pull it all together, was actually, if we were to see isolation to be eliminated, my solution was collaboration. And to come together, in other words, as a collective, to bring those distinctions that we have and to know what they are as an individual, but to bring it together as a community and go, how together do we start shifting from problem to solution across the globe? And so that's kind of the filtering of and the growing towards. And it sounds so easy saying community, but in a lot of ways, what's happened with humanity right now is, unless we think like you, look like you, sound like you, then I'm not sure that I'm going to be a part of that community. And if, and then I'm part of this community, but I'm not part of this community. And there's kind of like where I talk about gaps a lot, that widens the gap. It doesn't narrow the gap. Or how or what do you think? would help us to see humanity as a community and going, what if we're to add value to humanity going forward, not take it away and do that more as a collective? The question is more for the Western world because I don't think that in the Eastern world that is so much a problem, you know. Interesting. I think for a lot of people, we see ourselves as, or in the Western world, a lot of people see themselves as separate. They think Mm. if they make enough money, if they have their house, if they have, you know, they're healthy, their kids are healthy and their family is okay, then everything else is fine. If we look at, at history, every tribe on the planet, every tribe has always lived in community. Nobody yeah. ever survived by themselves, right? Mm. Every tribe holds together the wisdom. And that wisdom is really what brings people together. There is the elders, there is the children, there is the teachers, there's the warriors, there is all of them make up a community. And I think what has happened in the last hundreds of years was that people have seen that the community, money has replaced community. You know, it's been, I have enough money, I can take care of myself, I'm the lone wolf, and this is it. But interesting, the power of community, the power mm-hmm. of together is a combined wisdom a masterminding that we do when we come together in community. And Mm. this for me is really where oftentimes people starting communities think there has to be like one leader and everybody else has to follow. This is called a guru or this is called, you know, a religion. But what really is at stake right now is that everybody has so much wisdom within mm. themselves through their experiences, through what they know, through what they saw, through what they read, through their, through their history, that this is truly like the wealth of wisdom where we can come mm. together and say, this community is, is thriving because of every single person that is in it. And nobody has more value than another. There might be people that have more knowledge about something, but the value of a person is not measured necessarily in their money or in what they can 
they can offer. You know, it's like we are all together in this because each and every one is a piece of the puzzle, right? And this creating community for me in my work, the first thing I did when I started working was I created a community. Mm. I said, okay, where can I create the community? And then I said, well, mm. I'm going to start with Facebook because this is kind of like where everybody was. But it started to grow and people started to really come and they started to be seen and they started to share and they started to be seen in their pain and in their joy and in their successes and in their mistakes. And that's really where people started to be comfortable, you know, it's a safe Mm. place. So for me, community is always a safe place. Mm. But community for other people has not always been a safe place. So how do we and how do we make sure that it is a safe place, not just for you, but for those that maybe want to come in and be a part of a community? Well, for me, it's a safe place. The first thing I did is I established some some agreements or rules, you know, saying mm. this is a safe place. And so I monitor it and I have it monitored by my team, making sure yeah. that everybody is really honoring themselves. But it also, we attract who we are. So I Mm. never had to do anything else but just like be myself and encourage people to be honest and feel safe. And that's what they have been doing. Yeah, see, sorry, I I find it so interesting because as an individual, I so get that, right? Like there's there's criteria that you build it out on, you know people coming in the door, know what it's about. So there's often a common vision to why they'd want to come and be a part of that community. And then I think of this as the broader community, the global space, right? And and I go, how do we create community across the globe? Because I can tell you there are many leaders right now that uh, mental health is actually a massive issue right now in a lot of leadership because it is like they are feeling that responsibility. They're trying to keep and many things have happened that have put pressures on them, not just in the workspace, but in the home space and in their just their health. And lots of people are on Zooms and giving out to their communities. And, you know, there's a lot of that side of it that are big issues. And so there's a lot of leaders who have come on even the decision table and, you know, they go, this is so good knowing that although I'm doing amazing things in my own sphere of influence, there's other people who are doing amazing things and want to come together to see how we can be more of a collective to bring change. So, but in the same thing, you're putting criteria on there, but as a collective, and we want to use the brains that everyone has and the, I call it the distinctions that everyone brings to the table. We want that at the table. How do we do that when it's about more of a collective across the globe kind of moment do we put more like there is a certain criteria who sets that criteria you talked about elders and you know that means that there's not one person doing that but then how many do you do and you know it's these are things that i think is interesting if we are to become more of a community as a collective across the globe you know how do we do that? Or any thoughts or insights that you have around that? For me, I'm talking about my community, but I think if we take humanity as one community, mm. right? A yeah. community of humans. The first thing for me is to educate people on the fact that we're all in this together, that there's mm. that we're not separate. Yeah. I think the feeling of separation makes people feel 
they have no responsibility they can treat anybody as they want if we just go back to the real basic laws which is whatever you put out comes back to you yeah there is already a feeling of like oh every person i interact is me in another form every person i interact is somebody that i rather want to bless than curse every person <laughs> i interact is a, a part of this big family of humanity that i'm part of too so it's a it's a matter of education and mm. what i find interesting is that in school children aren't taught this this is the basics of the basics of the basics mm. right that you really talk about what does it mean to be a human being that is responsible on this planet mm. wouldn't that be the first lesson to learn and when you really look at it my daughter when she went to kindergarten they talked about you know be nice to everybody because we all learn this as kids you know what you do to yeah. another comes back to you so the question is why can't we continue that education on so that people or children really learn this and they grow up with mm. this see everybody as part of their soul family of their community despite the differences cuz then yeah i love that then we would really we would really grow into a global community where we would see yeah. the, the commonness despite of the differences and even when we see differences not everybody wants to be as kind and gentle some people just want to have their own story and that's fine but there is an acceptance there is yeah. more tolerance and acceptance knowing well if i tolerate and accept that person then i do the same thing for myself everybody is different we don't want to be the same right yeah. want, no but i love the differences i love people like and this is a crazy thing i've done literally a different conversation on here every day and every day everyone has been different like so different and the thinking around it there's some common and that's what i'm looking at going oh i love that piece oh yes we've had lots of people saying that oh that seems like a core you know a piece of value that us as a global space actually do hold and or need to think about or whatever it is you know and i'm i'm just listening because you know i love the fact that you said we kind of need to get back to that kind of family feel where we bring our differences together but we also embrace differences right like there's a and i wonder how we do that in ways when when often our differences are seen as a negative rather than a positive it's so funny because imagine you're going to a buffet and there is only what you want to eat mm. but every human being wants to eat something different right and yeah. that's humanity where if if you look in the universe there is no two things alike why would we think that the creator wanted any of us to be like anybody else yeah. we all are different and it truly comes back to understanding that there is an infinite possibility of everything and the mm. question who do you want to be in this right i'm yeah. not Mary Marie I'm Priya. So yeah. my my way of thinking and being is my way and that's yeah. what I choose. And when you asked me in the beginning so why are you doing good and I said because I choose to be happy, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody chooses this and that's okay. I just choose for myself because mm -hmm. I'm responsible for my life, you know? And then I'm responsible for the energy that I put out on this mm -hmm. planet because I am part of this energy and 
everybody sees things differently. And I think our differences make actually this mosaic of humanity so yeah. beautiful, right? Mm. I love it. I love mm. this being, you know, amongst other people. And I lived in Paris and talk about a melting pot, you know, it was like, <laughs> it was incredible. And it was so much fun. And just knowing that, my God, we all have so much to give when we are who we truly want to be. It's yeah. only when you start to be somebody else and want to be like somebody else. It feels fake and it's a mask. But when people take their mask off, they're all lovable with their crazy yeah. stuff and everything around, you know. And we're all kind of like, we're all different. But that's the beauty mm. of it, you know. If we can be really, truly different and really, truly show up as us, well, that's perfect. Yeah. Why do you think us as humans put masks on? other than when there's a pandemic and we're told to and we need to. <laughs> well, that's it. For me, it's it all boils down to we don't trust each other because we feel unsafe. Mm -hmm. you know? It's to protect one another. Why would anybody put a mask on? Look at what, why we put a mask on, to protect ourselves. Well, yeah. people put a mask over their hearts because they want to protect their hearts from being hurt again. Because mm -hmm. at one point there was a moment where they were hurt. And from that hurt came this feeling of like, I don't want to be hurt again. It doesn't feel good. And then as children, we create a certain behavior and it yeah. becomes a pattern. And that behavior and program suddenly mm -hmm. becomes our habitual way of thinking. And we're not taught by our parents most of the time, just be yourself. Don't behave like this. Don't eat like this. Don't do that. What do parents do? You know, it's like, no. But if children would be who they are and they would grow up as who they are, we wouldn't yeah. have masks, right? Yeah, but, you know, as it's interesting, like I always say that I've got two generations of kids. So I've got the older generation and the younger. Younger ones are getting older, so it's pretty scary. But, uh, you know, and I look at the way the world has changed in how I, it's kind of almost acceptable to parent these days versus what it was acceptable to parent those days. And, and there's a huge differences. There really truly are. And there's huge thinking differences, but there's also what is expectations of society, you know, to be a, you are a good parent, you're not a good parent. You know, there was a time where like, you know, an example being that with my boys, I was at every sports thing. I was at every swimming carnival. I was at everything, you name it, I was there. Because if you weren't, you kind of were a bad parent. That's what it felt like, right? Nowadays with my girls, you know what? Like, well, hey, we're not even allowed in the school because of the pandemic. You're not allowed, you know, like literally it's changed. The, they have swimming carnivals. You don't go. They're, they have athletics. You don't go. It's a really different thing. So, and and there's different expectations. Like my kids, uh, my, one of my daughters is uh, coming back from camp today, and she she was dropped off to camp. Now, the, the teacher said to the kids, "Well, why are the parents getting out of the cars? They need to stay in the cars." Like. There was a time where we would interact as parents. We would interact as with the teacher. Hey, it sounds exciting what you guys are going to. And now there's this. So so society has changed so much as well and expectations have changed. And with that, I wonder whether 
going back to what you were just talking about before, I wonder whether we, we trust those changes or we know even how we fit into those changes and how we now bring that together and connect again. Because I think sometimes it's really we are getting disconnected in even, you know, situations like that. Like I don't know any of the other parents at the school on both of my girls' schools right now. Yeah. That's a very interesting subject you're talking about, Kira Marie, because I think most people have been taught a world that's not existing anymore. And mm. so we, they're perfectly mm. equipped for a world that doesn't exist anymore. And the unknown is something that humanity is not really familiar with and they're not very safe with. None of us. Yeah. And that stems from the fact that most people don't realize they're creators for their own life and how, mm. they, how they are connected actually to the universe. And I think once, once we as human beings can really realize what our impact is and who we truly are. You know, the first yeah. everybody says, who are you? Well, if you know you are a divine being, if you know you have all the powers of the universe inside mm -hmm. of you, if you know you can create love everywhere you go, if you know you can create your own economy, if you know you can create whatever you want because your life is the life of the universe, mm. then it gets easier to understand that we become more comfortable. But because that knowledge isn't out there and most mm. people don't know that, they think they are just a play ball for the outside circumstances. And that's what makes people really feel afraid. What happens if tomorrow mm. things shift? What happens if tomorrow things are different? Well, yeah. things will be different, but unless yeah. you really truly know yourself and know your power and know who you are and your creative power mm. and how you can manifest the life you want, it becomes really hard. It mm. becomes really hard. And that knowledge is something that for me should if the word shouldn't exist, but I think we would benefit as a humanity to have this knowledge everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Because then there would be more safety and then there would be more love. And then there would be like, okay, we're in a pandemic. We understand this, but what is this pandemic? If we mm -hmm. really look at it, it is something that has been created that came up and now humanity is dreaming and creating it every day more and bigger and more dangerous. And that's yeah. exactly what's happening. We yeah. create with our thoughts. So when people realize they create with their thoughts, they get really careful about what they think about, what they watch on TV, what they engage with, right? Mm. And, and then the fear, if we stay within our knowing of who we are, it doesn't mean we don't know what's going on in humanity, but we can still interact with others knowing, well, I take my precautions, but that person, even though they have a mask on, they're probably just really scared. And then mm. we have compassion for one another rather than judging the behavior of one another. Hmm. That's such, a, such an interesting concept in itself. And I think, hmm, I think this whole concept around... It's funny because like I've got so many things going through my brain when you you were talking just then and and I get that we need to create these safe places that trust that I, I really do get that and I'm really looking at how we can do that 
in better and more effective ways, you know, as a leader, how do you do that so that your community can can understand and feel part of without creating the space that they don't want to come into or feel like they don't even know how to come into that. And I think what you're talking about in that way, I also go, so how do we do this in a way that maybe, just maybe, humanity starts thinking this way? So that for me means that we have to create awareness and so, and I go, great. So now we've created awareness. In some ways, when you pull awareness around, and that's that educational part that you were talking about earlier, when we educate humans to be able to understand that, that maybe even to think this way or to ask questions this way or to even consider that maybe your impact that you're having is not adding to humanity but taking away from. In a lot of ways, awareness is so important, but awareness is also created almost like feeding the monster side of it because all of a sudden people are starting to think they've got awareness in an area, which, by the way, they're only using one lens, and then that becomes this, I mean, you see it on social media. You see the fact that now they're blocking lots of different things because it got out of control. And so how do we how do we ensure that awareness creates the things that add to humanity doesn't take away from? I don't think you, I wouldn't say awareness. In my experience, awareness doesn't mm -hmm. take away from. Interesting. I think awareness can go in the wrong direction and then it is redirected again. But that's also experience. Mm. You know, we do we have awareness, and if it doesn't work out, we realize that that aware, awareness doesn't serve us. So it peters out at one point. You know, it's like there is never the bad that can win, or it can't ever outweigh what the universe shows us, which is love. Right? The energy of the universe that has created everything comes from goodness and goodwill it comes from expansion so whatever goes in the wrong direction is just an experience that humanity wants to make and it will go back to the right experience because it will always so it, it, just so i understand are you saying experience it's an experience it's not an awareness is that what you're saying i think every experience adds to the awareness Right. Yeah. Right. So for me, though, the the pinnacle of that would be awareness. So like if I'm having an experience, I can either just be having that experience or I can become aware of how I maybe don't want to do this piece in the future. And I want to keep doing this piece and I learn from that. So that's but first it comes from an awareness or wanting to be aware, by the way. It's like being a child, right? Why was why does the child want to experience the fire? Because it's exciting. And then it looks at it and it's great, but then it wants to touch it. And then it's like, it's not that great because it's really hot and it can burn. Well, that's an experience that the child has to, in a certain way, make that, oh my God, even going like this, it's like, oh, that's warm. And then it gets an awareness. But we can't have awareness. Isn't that funny? Can I just stop there? Because isn't that funny? Because when you say that example, me, I go, well, I've just created an awareness. If I touch that, that burns me. And I think this is what's interesting, right? Because then you were going to, you were just about to say with the experience, then you that creates the awareness. But for me, 
I never even thought of the experience being the first piece in that. To me, it's like, what is this creating an awareness or what is this that, I don't know. Like, And I wonder if some of the things that bringing those differences to the table, and I don't wonder, it's more and more that I'm having conversations around this, that, that the communication is our issue. In other words, what words are being said or how it's being said might be said in a total different way but us as humans, we interpret that and then we think it's being communicated in one particular way, which might, by the way, not be what you're trying to say. So, Well, so for me, like, I want to go back to the awareness piece. And yeah, yeah. About it. So imagine, just imagine for a moment, humanity is, you know, starting at the cave and they're standing at the mouth of the cave and they look at that and they... Just, you know, they have the dinosaurs and they survive and little by little humanity evolves, right? And then they come to this point. And I love Alan Watts for this because I love that analogy that he gave, right? Where he says, well, you come to the point where people are becoming aware, really aware of themselves. Mm. You know? And they are aware of what love feels like. They're aware of what hate feels like. They're aware of all of this. Now, what happens is humanity wants to experience. Each and every one of us wants more, more experience, more understanding, more more awareness, right? Mm. So then we come to the point where we can see, oh, one day somebody came up with a machine and it takes a picture and he says, oh, this is awesome. And then another person says, it's awesome, but I would love this to move. So somebody comes up with the movies, you know, and then they look at this and say, this is awesome, but I want something that's a little bit more engaging. So they have a 3D movie. And then suddenly the next person comes up with the next experience, which is a virtual experience. And so if we can see humanity, like going through a video game, right, you have all these stages and every stage has a different awareness and every awareness has a different set of experiences in order to gain the next awareness. Yeah. And I see humanity like growing right now. And we're at this threshold where, well, we're having this, this awareness right now of 3D reality. But if we mm -hmm. want to go into the 4D reality, what do we need to experience in order to have more 4D? Well, what is 4D? 4D is living from the heart. It's living with the whole consciousness, not only using 10% of our consciousness, but 20, 25, 30, wherever we can go. So how do we gain that consciousness? Well, we have to make the mistakes. We can't just read about them. We have to experience what does this feel? War doesn't feel as good as peace to most people, right? Mm -hmm. so we have to make the experience so that inside of us, we can transfer this experience and say, we did that. We don't want to do that again. And our children grow up with that experience. Now they want to make more experiences, right? For them, mm -hmm. they learn like this. Oh my God, here is the newest gadget. Mm -hmm. They are like, mm -hmm. they're already there because they come from the future. They're not our children. They're just life's way of expanding further through us. So when we can take ourselves out of the equation and just seeing ourselves in service to the experience and the awareness that wants to grow on the planet, we go through all those stages. It doesn't make anything good or bad. It's just, does it work or does it not work? The atomic bomb doesn't work as well as making energy out of that, right? So at mm. one point, we have to make the experience so that we can choose which way we want to go. But for me, humanity is like, 
it's like a video game. We just have forgotten that, you know, we're the players in the game and we set it all mm -hmm. up. That's like, that's the divine consciousness within all of us. And once we touch that divine consciousness, it's that consciousness through us. And it can mm -hmm. only work through us properly when we know who we are, when we know how the universe functions, and when we can give ourselves in service without the mask. You know, mm. you want to be Kiri Marie with all mm. your gifts and not holding back and saying, well, this might not please a person, so I won't be yeah. that. You want yeah. to be you. I want to be me. And this yeah. is the experience. And if each and every one of us can live that experience fully, then we create more awareness. And that piece of awareness goes into the universal mind. And so the generation after us has that awareness and they grow. Mm. And then we go from 3D to 4D to 5D, and then we'll see where we go from there, right? How have you done the stages yourself? Like, Oh, my God, through tons of experiences mm. that didn't work. Ah. <laughs> I was like, I went through everything in my life. When I tell my life story, people say, like, can you write a book about this? Because this is really totally <laughs> crazy, you know, like, I was born in Germany. I was a punk. Then I came to France. I was a countess. Yeah. I lived in the castle. Then I became a businesswoman. Then I became a nun. Then I came to America. And then I became, you know, I lived on food stamps. I lost everything. I got sick. There was everything in the mix you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And then I came finally to the realization all of these experiences have made me the person that I am. Yeah. And that's why today I can talk about these things and that's why I do what I do as a mindset coach because I'm like mm -hmm. you want to change your mindset I can tell you how I changed my mindset in every way yeah new experience right if we can't read mm -hmm. it in a book if we read it yeah. in a book it's a great autobiography but yeah it's yeah. like we want to experience it you know you don't want to mm -hmm. read about the wine you want to taste it you don't want yeah. to I'm with you on that one what it looks like you want to taste mm -hmm. it that's like you don't want to know what it is to have a kid you go through birth yeah. you want it or not you know and every experience makes us richer mm -hmm. you know and then we love touch the universe so mm -hmm. I love that. That's so beautiful. What a story too. And so if people want to know more about what you do, I'm really conscious of the time today. So uh, for you, if people want to know more about you, your work, how do the, what's the best way for them to get hold of you? So thank you for saying that. Yeah, I have a website which is called www.priyalash.com. You see it down here in one word. And there is a lot of information on the website. I also have a Facebook page. I have a Facebook group. And all the information is basically on my website. People can get in touch with me. And I love talking to people. I love hearing about their dreams mm -hmm. and seeing, okay, you have a big dream. How can we make this happen? You know, you want to yeah. shift things in your life. That's what everything happens in the mind, everything. Our thinking makes us the person that we are. So the way we think is the way mm -hmm. our life unfolds. And for me, this is when I realized this. I was like, ooh, now that I had all these experiences, I want to have other people not necessarily go through the horrific things unless they truly want to. But mm -hmm. there is a way of working with the laws of the universe. And if I had known before what I know now, my life would have been very different. But then I wouldn't be able to talk about it, you know. So awareness and consciousness is, it comes through experience. We can't, you know, you have children, you know, very mm. well, you can't make the experiences for them. They have to mm. make them themselves. 
as much as we as parents want our children, we want them not to suffer. We want them not to experience pain. Mm -hmm. There is the law of opposites, right? We have to experience one in order mm -hmm. to be able to experience the other. You know, if you give a kid everything mm -hmm. they want, they become so grumpy and so ungrateful that they became dictators, you know, which is not what yeah. we need in the world, you know? It's mm -hmm. all about the experience. Hmm. I love that. Well, I have to ask you the question that I ask everyone on the table, and this is this question. What are you taking from this conversation today? For me personally, I think it was great connecting with you. It was great mm -hmm. just being able to hear what you offer your listeners, mm -hmm. where you go with this, that you open up your decision table, that you open mm -hmm. it up to people to really learn more about the diversity that exists. Yeah. I love, I always love sharing about this. I love spreading the information that I was given, the consciousness mm -hmm. that I have and the wisdom so that people can hopefully learn something from that too and uh, enrich the world, you know, give more yeah. and enrich the world with, with something truthful and something positive other mm -hmm. than what we see on the news. So that's why I get on these conversations because for me, they're enriching and I hope they're enriching for everybody else. And I know yeah. it was enriching for me to talk to you. So mm. I'm grateful we did this. Yeah, thank you so much, Priya. Like, I really appreciate you coming to the table. For me, what I've got from our conversation is I love the fact that you said it's a mosaic. And I think that that was just beautiful. And I, I always talk about we are part of the pieces of puzzle and it was like I just thought of you know all the different colors and all the different flavors and all the different thinkings and all of that coming together it was such a beautiful visual for me when you said that word mosaic and I just think we often you know miss out on things because we forget to be reminded that we are all pieces of those the puzzle that makes up this world and when we come back to humanity as stakeholders that really we're coming back and going like you're an important piece of this mm -hmm. and and then for me it was like now that we know that how do we bring the trust back into building that community and for me that's a that's a interesting thing and i want to pull that apart more is like how can we build more trust in what is often an uncertain world? And I think that that actually it's a very certain world right now and the fact that uncertainty is a certainty. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so there's some pretty certain things that are happening and how do we navigate that and then build that trust between where people are at versus where we know as a collective it's going to be way more, you know, that we're not isolated and that we are working towards things to help add value to humanity going forward. And I, so for me, that was what I got out of it. So thank you so much for coming and being a part of the decision table yes. and adding your thing. But I do have one, one thing I wanted to say because you, uh, you said, you know, and if they've got big dreams to come and be a part of, what's your big dream? Ooh. My big dream is to empower every human being that I come in contact with and show them A to Z with a very specific formula that they can create the life they want and be part mm -hmm. of the universe and make more of a difference than they ever thought they could. That's, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. And I, I think that's, that's a great way to finish this broadcast. Yeah. I couldn't say anything better. So uh, thank you and thank you for being a part of this.
conversation table. Thank you so much for having me. Mm, Bye. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.